This is episode two of My Corner of Earth, a plant lover's guide to Scotland. I'm Julianne Robertson and I plan to follow my nose around Scottish gardens, nurseries and horticultural hotspots, meeting some interesting people and plants along the way. Join me as I explore what's special about Scotland through the eyes of a gardener and confirmed plant addict. Welcome to My Corner of Earth. Today's episode focuses on a garden which has a very special role in its particular place. It's for healing, learning, recovery, peace, friendship. It's Ninewells Community Garden based at Ninewells Hospital in Dundee. I first visited the garden last year when they held a Doors Open Day, an opportunity for people to go along and see the garden, to meet the people involved and to find out a bit more about what they do. And I was so impressed by how much is grown and achieved on this little small area of land tucked away in the grounds of a really huge hospital. It's actually one of Europe's largest teaching hospitals. So I wanted to find out more about it and speak to the people behind it. To give you an idea of what it's like, it's a one acre site laid out with various beds, there's seating, a polytunnel, there's a small orchard, some herbaceous borders and they grow a really huge range of plants including edibles, plants for medicinal purposes and lots of annuals and perennial flowers. The most recent addition to the space is a beautifully designed building called the Leaf Room. This is a space for people to sit and chat to do activities and crafts, to make a cup of tea, or just simply warm up the gardeners on a cold winter's day. The garden's available all year round, and it's open to anyone who wants to visit, including the public, patients, staff, various community groups, and of course the garden volunteers who keep it all running. And it's set in an area surrounded by trees and wildlife. It really is a haven in the middle of the city. So for this podcast, I had a conversation with Mary Colvin, who's a Senior Health Promotion Practitioner for NHS Tayside and is on the board which runs Ninewells Community Garden and helped set it up. We talked about how gardening can be so beneficial for health and how the one at Ninewells is making a real impact on the community through partnership working. But first we'll hear from Sarah Griffiths, who's the garden facilitator, managing the development of the garden and volunteers who work in it. And I asked her about the day-to-day running of the project. Most of our volunteers come from the local community and all of our, we do three volunteer sessions each week and they're inclusive Mm -hmm. sessions so we'll just have a mixture of people. There might be um, some people that have retired and they're just looking to give back to the community, something to kind of um, worthwhile to do with their time. We've got um, students, students that are studying health, students that are studying Mm -hmm. gardening, horticulture people that just want to learn how to grow stuff and how to kind of learn new skills for their own gardens Um, and then we get quite a lot of referrals from other organisations and from health practitioners so um, people with mental health problems, Mm. physical health problems, learning disabilities Um, so it's a real mixture um, but it works, it works quite well. Mm. I initially thought about having separate sessions for each different type of you know grouping Mm -hmm. because that happens elsewhere and then it just didn't work out like that because basically people can come when they can come you know most folk are quite busy um so it just ended up being a bit of a mixed bag but Mm -hmm. it's quite nice for that so it's a real mix it makes it a challenge when you're 
sometimes when you're trying to pitch things, because we've got people that want to learn Mm -hmm. about quite a bit of detail about planting or, you know, whatever it is that they want to kind of get into the Mm nitty-gritty. And you've got other folk that just want to kind of get stuck in and do something quite physical. So it's a bit of a kind of... We just try a little bit of everything to keep everybody (laughs) happy at some point. And your role in all of this is presumably to sort of coordinate and facilitate yeah. and advise yeah. and all that sort of yeah. thing, yeah. So facilitate is a great term, <laughs> <isn't> <laughs> All it? encompassing. Catch all, yeah. <laughs> so um, my basic responsibilities are, yeah, someone who's got an eye on everything in the garden. So obviously, because we have, you know, we've got individual volunteers that come through volunteering sessions and then we have like different groups and then we have independent volunteers as well who might just be popping in and out when it suits them. So just to have a general kind of sense of what's all going on and who's doing what um, and kind of, yeah, encouraging, because we try to encourage the volunteers as much as possible, but they're the ones that are deciding what we're doing and what direction we're taking. All of that and then to kind of manage the volunteers and to lead the sessions. So kind of at the moment of five or six sessions a week um, doing all of that. And then just all the behind-the-scenes stuff as well that nobody sees, but is like equally doing the weeding and things. Weeding, no, no. In fact, I don't get volunteers do, to do that. Yeah, the volunteers do pretty much all the gardening. Wow, brilliant. in the garden, I'll do things like move things from one place to another. Okay, is my basic job. So, so sort of tidying up and just sort of shifting things and preparing for the next day, kind of stuff. So a lot of just sort of stuff that nobody would ever notice and it's not very glamorous if I have like a sessions cancelled or something then it'll give me an opportunity to do some weeding which I actually really enjoy Um, (laughs) yeah but no then there's just all the I'm in the garden about three days a week and then I work from home about two days a week that's very slightly depending on the time of year and how many funding reports are due whatever Um, so there's just all the sort of um, first point of contact for anybody that wants to volunteer who wants a tour of the garden who wants you know some advice who wants to put on an activity or you know all of those different things um and then all the paperwork so do you think in um in this area or in scotland in general there's support for this kind of project i mean do you do you find it's hard work to get funding or is it something that actually is is fairly well dealt with Mm, that's an interesting question um I think we've been quite good with getting funding because I think I think funders recognise the benefit. Um, we cover a lot of areas, so we're lucky in that we can go to quite a lot of different funders mm. because we're covering like sustainability and health and disadvantage and social isolation and quite a lot of different things um, that we're addressing here. So that kind of gives us quite a lot of remit therapeutic gardening is you know it's on the rise again it's becoming much more recognized there's loads more of it happening um we've got like the scottish government's natural health service there's a lot of policy in place that really supports this kind of work personally i don't think we're at the you know there's still Mm -hmm. a lot of work to do to really you know lots of people will say that they're supportive but it's just you know we need people to put their money where their mouth is and that includes the nhs you know i think it's about um bodies like the nhs saying this is really valuable this needs to be funded which at the moment it's not really happening It's, Mm -hmm. it's external bodies it's third sector work for the most part i mean obviously that's where more and more lots of things are going just mm-hmm. being expected to be working with um, 
voluntary organisations and the volunteers will do it all. But it's difficult, you know. Mm-hmm. We still hear a lot of get a lot of people saying, "Oh, why don't you know? Why don't you just do this and just get some volunteers to you know <laughs> plant up this area?" And it's like, well, you know, I think they tried here to have it exclusively volunteer led, mm-hmm. but like all projects, at some point you need somebody who's being paid to do it to coordinate it it's just like you can get so far with volunteers but it's it's challenging you know <laughs> especially when you start getting into the therapeutic aspect and there's all kinds of uh, requirements for you know safety yeah. and you know health and risk and all that kind of stuff so um so i think it's definitely um positive but there's some way to go hmm. i mean we find with um you know, working with the NHS and sort of hospital staff and things, the people that we work with, they get it, you know, and that's why we're working with them, because at some point, somebody in a department, um, they understand it, you know, either because they're a gardener themselves mm-hmm. and they know what it's like, or they've seen some impact somewhere. And then it's really easy to work with these people because, you know, they just, they, you know, they don't need to be convinced Whereas I think there's still an awful lot of a sort of culture of like, well, what's gardening got to do with health? Mm-hmm. You know, and of course we don't just do gardening here; we do lots of different things, and there's loads more that we could be doing as well. Because um, we've now got um, a walk-in coordinator that we're working sort of in partnership with the council, mm-hmm. and for her to be in place, and she's about to, you know, start up some patient walks and some dementia friendly walks and it's all you know so it's all on the up yeah so yeah. Th- things do tend to um yeah attach themselves to a project like this like walking like yes the environment you're in I suppose you do and you do a bit of crap you know you do craft yeah. works and things like that precisely yeah. so we kind of like to do gardening related activities yeah. whether it's crafts we've had like creative writing and drawing mm-hmm. workshops and things and that's great because um well, you know, creative endeavours, you know, there's so much inspiration to be mm-hmm. got from the natural world and it's good for our volunteers because it gives them an opportunity maybe to try something different mm-hmm. and it's good to draw in people that wouldn't want to come and do a bit of digging but they'll happily come down and do a bit of photography and then, you know, we build up these relationships and have these sort of like allies and people that are really kind of going out there and saying, oh, do you know about the garden? Mm-hmm. Like, it's great, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just sort of that kind of network and building those relationships and it all sort of like starts to kind of mm. spread out and amplify yeah it's proper community i guess isn't it I mean, it is yeah it's a community it of people who have lots of different interests not just plants precisely gardening, precisely yeah. or not just uh, an illness of some kind it's yes, it's yes. everything isn't it yes because yeah. i mean health is just you know everybody could improve their health you know so mm. Whether it's just kind of coming down and had sort of volunteers that'll come and spend like half an hour just sitting watching the birds before they start any work, you know that kind of stuff. Something as simple as that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. You must have seen firsthand then how the benefits of a place like this, um, you know, show themselves in people. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and it can be really like instant as well, you mm-hmm. know. And I think that's usually like more you know it's really obvious when you get patients coming out and you can get some patients that have been in you know for a while Mm. and they've had a pretty hard time and you can just see them kind of picking right up you know it's like a plant when you're just giving it a drink of water and they're just kind of like (laughs) um and we've had great you know like we've had i remember once an amputee 
patient coming down with his wife and his wife turned to me and she was like, do you know, this is the best thing that's happened since he's woken up from his coma. <laughs> you know? oh, and it was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. But, you know, that's, you know, and it's just so simple. It's just like coming down and just getting your hands a bit mucky. Well, don't underestimate it, isn't it, just how simple it is, that, yeah. that simple thing of being fresh air, of watching birds, of yeah. putting something in soil. Yeah. And once people wake up to it, then it's a bit of a revelation. <laughs> it is. And, you know, well, you know yourself as a gardener. Yeah. I mean, like, once you've got that, kind of, you're kind of bitten by that bug, then it's yeah. kind of like, you just kind of need, you need more. <laughs> That's <laughs> need more gardening. <laughs> Everybody needs more gardening. In Dundee now, I think we have numerous gardens around the city. So there are lots of opportunities in lots of different communities to do it. But I think that doesn't mean that people will automatically sort of make that choice. Um, So we have, there's something called our natural health service instead of our national health service. So this is our natural health service. And that's working with the Forestry Commission and Scottish National Heritage and um, they have given us some money to um, employ someone that is, and it's now called a Green Health Partnership and the whole idea about that is to link health with the environment and that's, at the moment, that's what we're concentrating on so we're actually going to move on from linking health with the environment to green prescriptions so instead of people going and getting a red prescription from their doctor um, which might involve having medications and tablets and things that maybe do harm to your health sometimes as well as things that improve your health there are times when you have to take medications but I think there's times when you don't have to and so this green prescription will give people opportunities like to go for a walk or to get involved in a series of health walks or to go along to a local garden and there'll be somebody there to meet you and greet you and show you around and there'll be volunteers to help you to do bits and pieces until you're familiar with where to find things and what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm so good the community garden here at Nine Mills be prescribed to people or has it already been prescribed in that way? Yeah, well I suppose it's kind of some people don't like the word prescribed because then that's kind of making medicalising it um, and but at the same time I think if a health professional and the evidence would say that if a GP talks to somebody about um, doing something like getting out and opening green spaces and, and gardening is one of these things that they're more inclined to do it. So um, if the GPs so for that reason we're going to try out these green prescriptions and Nine Community Garden is ideal. But already we've got um, we've got a group of people who come on a Friday and they've all got learning disabilities and the reason they come to the garden is because they can do their John Muir award. So um, they can get a qualification out of coming to the garden. So they that's one group of people and then there's another group of people who the occupational therapist in the hospital frequently bring down to the garden and they are um, a group of amputees and when we set the garden up we set up some raised beds that we could get a wheelchair to go underneath the raised beds so we um, the they can they can work at a space where it's very easy to work for their particular problem that they have, the issues that they have but the actual coming down to the garden and being out in the space and doing that is really good and I think sometimes they take back some of the produce that they're growing, they take it back up to the ward and they're able to cook something or make soup or something like that, which is ideal we'd like to see a lot more of that happening 
but um, it does. It is down to the time that some of the health professionals have to actually spend doing that. But then there is an opportunity maybe to involve volunteers. So it's it's a it's a work in progress, mm-hmm. if you like, getting that to happen. But we've got another group of people who have most recently joined, and they're called. Dot dig, and that's diabetes out there. So it's um, a couple of the consultants in the um, it's mostly pediatrics. So it's ch- related to children and their families, and so they've decided instead of having their clinic inside in the hospital environment that they would come to the garden and have the clinic in the garden. So the young people can interact with each other, the families can interact with each other, and the children and the families parents can interact with each other and there's some medical staff around as well too and the whole thing is to talk about eating healthily um, at the same time as seeing the produce in the garden so everybody understands where this kind of produce is coming from they understand why it's healthy and then they get a bit of spiel about their diabetes as well and why you would you need to eat that kind mm-hmm. of and do what you have to do to um, keep your diabetes under control. So that's type 2 diabetes. Mm-hmm. So that that's another group of people. So there are a range of people already using the garden. I remember when we first um, started, um, the uh, psychiatric hospital were really keen for some of their patients to come up, and they already have um, some indoor kind of work that they can do at their own hospital so they plant up pots and, and flowers and that kind of stuff but some of the patients particularly wanted some heavy digging you know so to dig up the ground and plant potatoes and then dig up the potatoes and that kind of thing and so they got their own space in our community garden at nine wells to do that and that's been very successful for them um, so yeah it's it's uh, different people I think different people like different things and I think what the garden gives is it gives people a bit of control as you know because they can have their own space to work or they can just come and work with a whole group of people and um, it certainly gives them a purpose so it gives them a reason to get up in the morning a place to go um, uh, a sort of a safe environment if you like because there's no great expectations there are volunteers there that'll just chat to you if you don't want to actually do any physical work mm-hmm. and then it reduces that social isolation so it means that people have somebody um, to to meet and interact with which I think is really important especially if they have mental health problems but regardless I think people um, can feel fine but feel very isolated so it's a, it's a good place to come for that reason So it obviously plays an important role in the community of Nine Wells and various people, staff, patients are getting benefit of it does it have an impact on the wider community as well do you think? Certainly the local schools, so there's two schools that live, uh, are just in Charleston and they come and use the garden very frequently because I don't think they have a green space themselves in their own school. So they come and use the garden. We get uh, we have a couple of walking groups, so Pass for All have a walk leader and they do health walks and we've got trails around the garden and in the green space around the woodland area. And um, so some of the community walks are held just around our, about our garden. And we now have a leaf room, which is lovely. Um, it's a nice, very well-designed building. And um, people who uh, go maybe on the health walks pop in there and have a cup of tea afterwards. And that's the social bit that they like. I mean, I bumped into you, obviously, at the Doors Open Day that you held this year. Are you very directly involved with it yourself? Do you enjoy spending time there a lot? 
you get, um, do you get to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably am one of the sort of... Um, I, I was involved in the garden from the start, so I'm really passionate about it succeeding because people did say to us, you know, you can get a bit of funding, get it off the ground, but how, what's the sustainability going to be? And I think we have worked very hard over the years to keep it going, but you can never stop working at that. So, yeah, currently I, I'm employed in public health, and, and that's great. But I, I like the event side of it, so I probably get more involved in organising events, fundraising, putting bids in for funding, um, and, and I sit on the, the uh, board of trustees. So that's the bit. You, you would have found me digging up stones and rocks and, and getting the place ready at the beginning, when, especially when we had the Beach Grove Garden team came from the TV to film us. Um, we were, it was all hands on deck then. Now, um, I don't do any, much of the physical work in the garden, but when I retire, I can see myself going back to being much more hands-on in the garden. You get your gloves on and start weeding again. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Sarah Griffiths and Mary Colvin, two people involved in the running of Nine Wells Community Garden in Dundee. It's a really inspirational place and you can tell just from walking through the garden how much it's loved and how beneficial it is for the people who use it. I'm really interested to know more about the Green Health Partnership that Mary talked about and the idea of our natural health service. So that's something that we might explore in a future podcast. You can find out more about Nine Wells Community Garden at their website, ninewellsgarden.org.uk or you can find them on Facebook, where there are regular updates about opportunities to visit the garden, to volunteer, or just drop in for a look. There are more details in the show notes, along with links to my own website, blog, and Instagram, which is where you're most likely to find me online. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and I'll see you again next time. Until then, be happy and well in your corner of Earth. Goodbye. (laughs) 